Welcome, everybody, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Virginia Sports Hall of Fame's Hall Call Podcast. I am Will Driscoll, the Executive Director of the Hall of Fame, and here on Hall Call, we like to highlight the interesting individuals and stories that make sports in Virginia so special. Today, we actually have the pleasure of catching up with one of our inductees who has returned to his roots in an effort to restore a winning tradition to one of the country's oldest continuously run soccer clubs. 2016 Hall of Fame inductee and Richmond native Rob Ucrop joins us today. Ucrop was an All-American at Davidson College, helping the Wildcats to a Final Four appearance in 1992 while also leading the nation in scoring. And following college, Ucrop found homes in indoor and outdoor soccer leagues, including appearances with the New England Revolution of Major League Soccer. The bulk of his career, however, was spent right here in the Commonwealth, wearing the colors of his hometown team, the Richmond Kickers. In 2018, Ucrop returned to the club, this time as part of the new ownership group of the professional team. Rob, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Will. Thanks for having me. So, you know, you played for the Kickers. Uh, you spent about 11 parts of 11 seasons with the team. But the idea for putting an ownership group together, if I'm not wrong, kind of came from a Davidson reunion. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah, we had a, um, a reunion for the Final Four team. Um, out of our 25 teammates, we had uh, 22 out of 25 came back. Coach Charlie Slagle was back as well. And we had such a great time together um, at the end of the trip. Um, one of the wives had reached out and said, hey, I didn't want to go to this reunion because typically when you get a bunch of guys who went to college together, they spend all their time together. And she said she loved the wives. She loved the kids. Everybody was so welcoming and just engaging that she felt there was an opportunity that you guys should figure out how to work together again. So we, uh, we set up a Google Doc and uh, we had incredible amounts of ideas floating around. And I floated the idea, anybody want to buy a pro team together? And uh, that was the original genesis of our coming together for 22 holdings. Now, obviously, when you're playing and, you know, your career spans, your playing career post-college spanned 13, 14 years. But when you're playing, you're very focused on what's going on on the field, keeping yourself in shape. Did the idea for something like this ever cross your mind when you were in your 20s, early 30s? No. You know, when you're when you're young, you're just enjoying the moment. You're living every day for every day. Um, hopefully you're leaving an impact on the community. But um as you get older and you start to see the changing of the soccer landscape and just the incredible things that are happening across the country and across the world and soccer being such a unifying sport and just bringing people together and from different political backgrounds, from different socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, just on game day, it's just this incredible immersion of different people celebrating and cheering their teams on. Now, you actually mentioned the changing landscape, and uh, just within the last year, kind of the North American landscape in particular has changed. It seems it's much more streamlined from a player development, player movement structure, all the way from MLS all the way down through USL League One, League Two. Uh, the kickers play in USL League One. For those of for those people who are kind of listening to this for the first time, or who are still kind of learning, you know, about soccer and and how it's structured, give them an idea of, of where the kickers are located in the hierarchy of North American soccer. Yeah. So so. MLS is the highest level of professional soccer in the United States. Um, that, that was the first year was in 1996. I was fortunate enough to be part of it. New England team for the first nine games of the season. And it was just cool to see the, uh, just the, the first baby step of MLS. Um, currently it's in, in growth mode. It's, there'll be up to 30 teams here shortly. Um, but that is the highest level below that you have USL championship, which is what the Richmond kickers participated in the last couple years. Then there's USL league one, and then there's USL League Two. Um, the really neat part about it is 
you just start to see all these different marketplaces are, are striving to either get an MLS or championship or League One or League Two. You know, there's just these communities are starting to recognize that, you know, as I said earlier, soccer is a unifier. It brings people together, and there's there's so much excitement around the game. You know, I, I tell people all the time, youth, youth soccer has been really important to the growth of it, but as, as crazy as it sounds, the whole idea of FIFA, playing FIFA on your computer, it's brought a whole new generation of kids to the game, and they, they love playing. Um, my kids, for example, love to play. It just introduces them to the world game through video games. Yeah, you know, and we're speaking personally, you know, I'm out at the soccer fields every Saturday with my six-year-old now. I mean, I see kids playing it all the time, but, you know, you actually just kind of mentioned you have to be able to, particularly from growing a fan base, be able to offer on multiple platforms. So, you know, FIFA is obviously a, it's a fictional game, but it's still something that people can consume on their own time. You know, looking at how the kickers are put out there, you know, you have your matches locally on one of the affiliates uh, in Richmond, as well as ESPN Plus. How has that been able to help you kind of rebuild the brand of the kickers by putting, being able to put yourself out there from a media standpoint? Well, just to change the dy- dy- dynamic of media through the last several years, you know, be able to stream stuff on your phone. I know I've watched plenty of our away games sitting at Outback dinner <laughs> with my wife, and she's like, is there a game tonight? And I said, yes, ma'am. And, you know, we have a little bit of a laugh. She's like, really, this is date night. But, um, you know, there's so many different ways to consume content. Um, and, and we're still trying to figure out soccer is very progressive thinking. Um, it, it is great. The league has done a, a multi-year deal with ESPN Plus, which is super exciting for um, soccer growth moving forward. Um, we have a great partnership here in Richmond with CBS, and, and they televise, I think it's 12 or 14 games um, throughout the season. So it's just a great chance for people to flip around and, hey, there's, there's my home team. And, you know, really trying to build that long loyalty base and we have an incredible group of red army supporters that have been with us for many years that is is rapidly growing but you know we also have some fans from the 90s that still come out and watch and cheer us on and you know when they leave the game you know it's these same faces from many years ago and i'm old enough now that i've got guys that are 30 35 that have their own true one of the games that they don't remember watching you play so you know we're starting to see that all the grassroots and the foundation that's been built for the last 25 years here in richmond starting to pay dividends. You mentioned the, just the progressiveness of the game and, and how you're trying to kind of bring that to your fan engagement. What are some of the initiatives that the kickers do to engage with the community and their fans? You mentioned the Red Army. We act, I, I was at the game where you guys came down to play the team on the peninsula, Lions Bridge, and they brought a, a good traveling group with them down here with them. Right. Well, well you know, Lions Bridge has done an incredible job. Mike Best, um, we, were, we had a call just the other day talking about figuring out other ways to partner to really move the game forward. Um, the Red Army's been great for us. Um, we had a tough stretch back in June where we went six games without scoring a goal. And miraculously, one morning, without unbeknownst to the players and the coaching staff, a bunch of Red Army guys came out Friday morning to practice and started banging on their drums and chanting and cheering the whole time at practice. So there's a really a love of lifting our team up in different ways. But from the, just being part of the community, we, we've really put a – a big emphasis on getting guys out in the community. Um, guys like Braden Troyer, um, Josh Hughes, Amos. Um, these guys are actually getting out to events, saying hi to people, posing for photos, spending time coaching kids. Uh, we're really proud of it. Back in June, June 1st, we had, um, we had a pride night where we had a big celebration of the pride community um, that went really well. And then we looked to build on for next year. And then just this past weekend, we had black, um, Yes, you know, uh, the Black History Museum was part of it. Um, RV Amigos, which is a 
uh, Brazilian group. So we had Heritage Night, just celebrate the diversity of the game. And, you know, the one thing about our game, if you look at our team, how it's constructed, we have players from all around the world, Japan, um, Ghana, Zambia, you know, pick a country. We, we have players representing different places. And then at the same time, if you look at our crowd and people walk in and they walk out, man, they, they, they all look different. And it, it's so fun because they bring this energy and this passion and, you know, what they're used to from their country and what they grew up watching and just the energy that comes to the stadium. We're looking forward to building on it for next year. You just, you kind of alluded to it. You have players and, and soccer is, it's a global game. I mean, it's as global as they come, but you went through the NCAA structure here in the, here in the States with Davidson. Are these players coming here to play college first and then with the kickers, or are they coming here from their home countries specifically to play in the USL? How, how does the kind of, I guess the player recruitment aspect go? We are getting players from everywhere. So, you know, the beautiful thing about soccer, there's no straight line on how to be successful. Um, for example, one of our most storied players of all time is a guy named Dwayne DiRosario. Um, he, he's a Canadian. He played against us when he was 18 for Toronto. We signed him at 19, and he was a, a multi-time all-star in MLS, uh, multi-time MLS Cup winner, MVP, just an incredible player that came through here. And, you know, he was a, a kid that, just had me playing for his local pro team, and we we picked him up back in the, the late 90s and had a story career. Currently, we have plenty of guys that have played in college. We've got guys that have gone straight to the pros. Um, we've got guys straight from other countries. So it, it, it is pretty cool. As, as the chairman of the of 22 Holdings, I guess my email is listed, and the amount of emails that I get from player agents, um, players from around the world, they just, they just flood the inbox with people looking for an opportunity. And, you know, the beautiful thing about soccer and, and like any other sport, sometimes it takes the right fit for you to excel and really shine as an athlete. And, uh, you know, we're hoping we have a couple of young talents that are going to take off to the next level and, you know, potentially play in MLS and even better, hopefully go overseas and play. So with, with the kickers, obviously being a couple uh, rungs below MLS, and that's just the structure of, of North American soccer. Is there a path forward for these players to go up in leagues or is it, are, are they kind of free agents with the kickers and they can go wherever? Or do you guys have affiliate teams that, that you're with? No, we, at this point we have no, no affiliation. We used to have a partnership with DC United, um, but they have a new team in Loudoun County called Loudoun United. That is their official um, partner that they work closely with, which, which helps us up a little bit, you know, as we've rebuilt the program here in Richmond, there's a lot of foundational support that we put in place. And, and one of it, we want guys to feel like, you know, this is the group. And it, when you're in the group, you're part of the group. Um, so we don't have players popping in for games from, from the MLS side. On the other side, the beauty of playing in league one, we've got Toronto FC, North Texas and Orlando city, which are all B teams for their um, respective MLS teams, North, North Texas goes to Dallas, FC Dallas. But, you know, when you go play those games, you know there's MLS coaches and, and scouting staff watching the games because they're evaluating their own players. So it's a great path for guys, young guys, to cut their teeth and um, grow that confidence and then at some point get an opportunity. Last year we had a Brazilian player, Luis, who is uh, now down in Atlanta FC, or, sorry, Atlanta United with their um, Atlanta 2 team in the championship. So, there is a direct path for these guys. You're still within the first year of, of the ownership group taking over. I believe it was last December that 22 Holdings officially took over ownership of the team. What's been a pleasant surprise and what has kind of been an unforeseen challenge that you faced in this first year? Gosh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, I, well, thank you. <laughs> it, it, it is, it, it's been really exciting to see our staff come together. 
Um, you know, it, it's when you build a staff, it, it's very much like a sports team is that, you know, you're relying on different skill sets that are complementary, but most importantly, you want to have this kind of culture of, of togetherness running through it. Uh, one of the things that our team president, Matt Spear, my former teammate and captain of our Davidson team in 1992, you know, we decided to do a book club with our staff. Um, there's a book called uh, The Power of the Positive Team, written by John Gordon, who, uh, who I know many of us are big fans of. And so we, we you know, for the first 10 weeks of the season or the, the summer this year, we kind of worked through this book and talked about the powers and the, the qualities that you look for in teammates and how to remain positive in the strength of adversity. So that's been a really positive thing for us. Um, you know, we had a really sad moment right before our staff meeting back in July, July 2nd. You know, we were, we were stunned by the death of one of our, our well, Matt and I's mentors and former coach Charlie Slagle passed away unexpectedly. And uh, that was an incredibly big challenge for our staff to, to rally around because he was so important to our infrastructure and what we we're trying to do within the community um, just with his outreach approach. So, uh, you know, and the other challenge is getting people to the game, um, just changing the mindset. You know, we have a massive stadium, city stadium, that we're, we're slowly trying to transform into. Um, it's, it's previous historical highs of back in the fifties and sixties when it was was just an incredible venue. So we're, we're spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to get people to come out there and and cheer us on and say, Hey, this is your community team. Whether you've moved in here from out of the country, another state, another city, this is our Richmond home team. And, uh, we'd love you to get behind us and, and cheer us on. That's a great point. You know, soccer, you know, particularly here in the U S it, it really came into the national stage with the 94 World Cup. But when you look back on it, that's only 25 years ago. But now you see MLS expanding to almost, I think, actually over 30 teams when the final when the next teams come into play. Uh, we have Lionsbridge here in Newport News. We have Virginia Beach United here in Virginia Beach. And obviously you guys up in Richmond, you mentioned Loudoun. Uh, County has a team. Is is this an indication of the overall health of the game? Where where is the state of soccer now compared to say when that World Cup happened in 1994? Well, it's funny. I was at a field the other day, and you know, just seeing all the grandparents and parents that you know, many of them, many are my age, and some of my parents' friends, and you know, there's a better understanding of the game back in the 70s and 80s. I think the phrase "commie kickball" was still floating around. Um, you know, why would you play that game? You know. Why don't you use your hands and just now the evolution, people respect the game. Um, you see one, there's financial success for the top players in the world, which, which is on par with the NFL and the NBA, but more importantly, you know, these people, unlike some of the bigger sports in the United States, you know, if you look at a Lionel Messi, um, you know, he looks like just an average guy. If you line him up with 10 other guys, you're like, pick the best soccer player in the world out. You probably wouldn't pick him um, based on, how he looks. And that, that's the beauty of the game that um, we had this really cool event this past weekend called the community cup. It was a multicultural event with first responders from across the region. It was won by Chesterfield fire, but the teams were organized by, you had 14 players on your team. Um, at least a third of your team had to be from the multicultural community that you lived in. So we had players from Brazil. We had players from Africa, but when they put their jerseys on, and they stepped on the field. You couldn't tell who the police officer was, who the fire person was, who was the county supervisor was playing in the game versus who was the community partner. So this is the beauty of soccer is that it, you can be any size, you can be any height, any, you know, it's, it's all about equality. And when you play, you just don't know. It's beauty. It's beautiful. 
that's that's another great point, and it kind of leads me into my next couple of questions. You know, as a soccer exec now, looking at the national team landscape from say that thirty thousand foot view, you know, they have a, a generational talent in a player like Christian Pulisic right now, and other really really strong young players like a Weston McKenney and a Josh Sargent. But where are the next Tim Howards, Landon Donovans, Clint Dempsey's, and, and even a fellow Virginia Sports Hall of Famer, Claudia Reyna, where are they coming from and how can they be identified in a country as vast as ours? So I'll, I'll, I'm a big believer in that the, the cream will rise at the top. Um, you know, it, it's, it's part about the leadership and what you're looking for. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of of tough times ahead for Greg Burhalter as he selects his squads and, and people make comments on these players and style of play. Um, but the beauty of different coaches is that they have, they value different players. Um, and you just have to trust that they're going to find those guys. And, you know, this is why you were asking about kind of the path to pros and there's so many different ways, you know, for a lot of kids going to college is the best thing they can do because they're going to get to be a leader on their team. They're going to get to excel and they're going to play a lot of games. Whereas sometimes in the professional environment, while the training is great, you don't get as many games that can be game changing for your development. So um, I think, I think we're on a great trajectory. You know, a lot of these guys are going to Europe. One of, one of the, the best un, probably unknown talents is a guy named um, Nick Tidegui from Richmond, um, just down the road in Midlothian. He's over at Schalke right now, coming back from an injury, but you know, there's there's guys next door that you have no idea how talented they are that could make a big admit, big impact on the national team at some point here soon. You know, the the U.S. soccer program has actually kind of experienced a, a yin and a yang in the last couple of years. Obviously, missing the World Cup was a a huge disappointment, but then they the U.S. soccer was able to follow that up by being for all intents and purposes, awarded the 2026 World Cup along with Mexico and Canada. I mean, I think 80% of the games will be played here on U.S. soil. But how does a club like the Kickers plan to use the buildup to that World Cup in seven years to its benefit? Well, I think we can generate excitement. Um, you know, bringing people together several years ago, um, I guess eight years ago at the World Cup, we had the um, we had a couple of viewing parties downtown. And, you know, you can just piggyback and, and generate the excitement and provide people that, you know, while everybody would prefer to watch a Man City Liverpool game for the excitement to be there, you know, it's not that easy to get over there and get a ticket, but you can come out and support your local team and, and kind of feel the same thing. And with our Red Army building the excitement, um, they're really a key driver and key partner for us as we really push push the soccer narrative and how inclusive it is. And and that really is the big message. We are inclusive, um, you know, all kinds of different backgrounds and just bringing people together is what we're here to do. And we think that Richmond has just starved for, for this kind of opportunity to get behind our kickers. You've talked about the relationship between the team and the city and vice versa. But after all these years being involved with the kickers in some capacity, what does the badge mean to you? And it, I, I still remember the first time a, a guy named Bobby Lennon and Cookie Ketchum, they, they founded the team back in 1993. And Bobby came down to meet with me down at Davidson and came in the office and Today I'm putting together this team. You know, it's going to be a professional team, um, and we're going to try and compete as, as soccer really takes takes the world on here in the states. And you know, I was like, "You're going to have a team in Richmond, really? That sounds cool." And I got to participate that first year for part of the season um, when I wasn't with the U.S. under 23 team. And uh, I just remember that first time stepping on the field. We were over at University of Richmond on their old um, track complex, soccer track complex, and it was just cool to play in front of my hometown and. Uh, the fact that it's still here 27 years later and, uh, and back on, on, the, on the uptick and, 
it's really neat to be a part of. And, you know, I can think of all the great sports writers and TV people throughout that have always been a good ambassador and big supporters of us trying to keep us moving forward and to drive that enthusiasm. And, and now with social media, we can piggyback on that. And I think you're starting to see it at, the, at our games, just the enthusiasm and excitement about where we're headed. You still have a few games left this season. Season runs until the middle of October, correct? Playoffs, are they, in, are they in sight? Yeah, so we had a tough loss the other night, 1-0 to Ford Madison. But, uh, you know, we probably need to win out. Um, the pressure's on for us, but I think the players are looking forward to the challenge. Um, you know, the really neat part is with all the social media these days and the different ways to communicate, it's nice that, you know, we hear from fans, hey, here's what we'd like, here's what we don't like. You know, your team lacks this, your team needs that. We love this about your team. And it, so it, it's nice that uh, I think I learned in 1996 from Lexi Lawless when we were in New England together, we were in a chat room together and somebody started hammering Lexi and, you know, they didn't know Lexi was actually in the chat room at the time. And he came out and said, wow, this is Alexi. That's pretty harsh. And everybody backtracked. Um, but that was kind of the first step. And Alexi, I remember him saying to the group, hey, guys, I liked you more when you had an opinion, even though it wasn't flattering of me than when you disagree because I'm in the room. So, uh, you know, it's nice to have critics out there. It's nice to have people holding you accountable and sharing their thoughts and beliefs and how you can make this thing better. So, uh, you know, here in Richmond, we welcome any feedback so that we can make this an incredible soccer experience, not only for individuals, but for the community at large. Well, we, we wish you all the best of success because anything good from a sports perspective that happens in the Commonwealth, we're always happy to celebrate. Uh, it's, it's a really unique story because as I mentioned at the beginning, this is one of the oldest continuously run clubs. Now there were leagues in the seventies and eighties, but the Richmond kickers have stood the test of time. And one of its uh, star alums, now the owner, Rob Ucrop, you're hoping to take it into the future. And Rob, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us today on the hall call podcast. Hey, well, thanks for having me. And, and for any of you guys that haven't gone on the hall tour and checked out the website and, you know, really we appreciate all that you guys do to, to bring spotlight to different sports like soccer. You mentioned Claudio. He's been probably the best player that ever put on the U S Jersey of all time, uh, well ahead of Atlanta Donovan, but um, you, know, you guys are doing great things and, and thanks for being a partner here with the community. Well, we appreciate that. And Rob, best of luck uh, for the rest of the season. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Hall Call Podcast. I'd like to thank Rob Ucrop from the Richmond Kickers for joining us today, and we wish them the best of luck as their season hits the home stretch. As always, if you like what you heard, please like us and follow us on SoundCloud. You can, almost, you can also find the most recent episodes on our website, www.vasportshof.com, and on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all with the handle at VASportsHOF. I'd like to thank ESPN Radio 94.1 WVSPFM for their support, as well as Thomas Simmons, our executive producer. Until next time, I am Will Driscoll, and this has been the Hall Call Podcast. Hey.